Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you again. Thank you so much for joining me and allowing me to come into your homes to share God's word with you. Uh, I trust you're well and keeping safe, and I trust that the presence of God continues to abide with you and cause you to enjoy the life that God has given to you. Um, I hope these times of me sharing with you have proved to be a blessing, at least thought-provoking, uh, in an attempt to help us understand this season of transition that we're all in and to draw us closer to God and understand the ways of God through these seasons of transition that we are all experiencing. Well, the first time we were together, we spoke about living in a liminal space, and then we shared a little bit about stepping into the future times and seasons. And today I want to share with you some thoughts along the lines of preparation for the journey. So we're still in transition, we're still in a liminal space, but we're preparing for the journey into the new era, into the new age which God has for us. So what do I need to take with me and what do I need to leave behind? Well, the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12, those first two verses, which I'm sure most of us will be very familiar with, he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Karen and I have moved so many times in our life from one church to another, ministry up and down the country, um, moved so many times. And each time we move, we are always amazed at how much stuff we accumulate. Every time we move, there's a big clear out. For me, it's normally an emotional, repeated journey to the council dump to get rid of stuff that I thought was very precious to me, uh, but has no great value, no benefit in, it, in us carrying it to the next home. And even when we move into the next home, there's always a challenge to see how we're going to get our stuff to fit into the new place. And so I think it is with our lives very often, there's stuff that we carry that is of no benefit for us in the present and certainly is going to frustrate us carrying it on into the future. So the writer to the Hebrews puts it this way, get rid of everything that hinders you, everything that entangles you. And that word hinder really speaks of what slows you down, what weighs you down, what frustrates you, what stops you moving forward. It's like throwing off stuff so that you can run lighter. And then he talks about being entangled, throw off stuff that hinders you, but that which has entrapped you, ensnared you, locked you into things, it wraps around you. Now, these things can be the junk like what Karen and I had to get rid of to move into each home that we found ourselves in. 
But I believe in our lives there can be things that we would do very well to lose before we move into the new era. And I think these can be things like our addictions and our attachments. Now, I'm not suggesting anything bad, but we all have a dark side. We all carry stuff that we would do well not to carry. Let me explain a bit further. When I talk of our addictions, it's things that you don't feel you can live without. You have a bit of a panic if it went from you. And our attachments are those things which we feel we need, things we surround ourselves with. It gives us a sense of security or value or even identity. But these things can be a huge distraction from us moving into intimacy with the Father and being free to travel light and run our race well because we're carrying so much baggage. Now, Okay, let's get practical, Clive. What do you mean by these things? Well, let me suggest some things. I don't want you to hate me when I suggest them, but I really want you to think about these things for your benefit. It's possible that your smartphone, it's possible that your addiction to social media, it's possible that your attachment to your wealth, it's possible the things that you gather all around you give you that sense of value, security and identity. What about your sport? What about your hobby? What about your religion? What about what is a sacred cow to you? And if God says, I, I, I'd like to have that, please. I'd like you to let that go, or I'd like that not to dominate your life, or for you not to be addicted to it, but to have power and control over it, rather than it having power and control over you. That's a thought, isn't it? Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to live with stuff and I've learned to live without stuff. I've learned to be content, to have peace. I've learned to hold things loosely because I cling to Christ. Now, there are certain certainties of the journey. Um, some things remain with us on the journey as we venture into the new era. So let me think about those for a moment with you. If I was to understand what is the purpose of my life, if I was to understand what my life vocation might be, I would suggest to you, if we just broadly brought it together, I would suggest today that our purpose and our vocation, the reason we're on this earth, is to praise God, to love God, and to serve God. To praise, to love, and to serve God. That, that If that's true, then everything we do in our lives has to serve that purpose, to praise, to love, and to serve God. Therefore, I would suggest that we as a church, as we move into the future, no matter what shape it takes, those things will remain with us. Therefore, worship is in the mix of our future. Obedience to God is in the mix. Serving God by serving others is in the mix. So it's coming with us. So individually and corporately, worship is coming on the journey. Seeking to love God through obedience to God, because Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. So the way we show our love to God is by obeying God. Well, how do we obey God? Well, let me just suggest a couple of ways. One is obedience to the law of God. 
because Jesus fulfilled the law on our behalf. It doesn't mean to say that we, we ignore the law. It means that we line up with it. Now we've got the spirit of God because it's written on our hearts. So holiness comes with us. Righteous living comes with us. But also to obey the specific revelations, as we understand God has communicated to us. So the prophetic words, the guidance that he's given to us, the visions that he's given to us, we are to obey him in those areas. Now, all of this includes, I'm sure, uh, is all of us being required to live like Jesus. That's called being a witness. And I think God wants us to introduce other people to him. That's called sharing the gospel. And I would suggest to you that encouraging others to follow Jesus in spiritual growth and maturity, which is what we call discipleship. So I guess these things are coming with us into the future, no matter what the shape of things happens to be, these things will consistently be with us. They won't change. Now, how we work that out in practice, both individually and corporately as a church, is basically down to our understanding of how we are meant to do church or how we are meant to be church. And according to the specific revelations that God has given to us, and of course, preference, the way we like to do things, how we would like to do it, because God's given us free will and he's given us intelligence and imagination, and we do have preference, the way that we like to do things. Now, some things will just be coming with us on the journey. Now, when we think of the future and we look into the future, I, I want to share with you something uh, that I experienced quite recently. I, uh, along with lots of other pastors and leaders, we had a time with um, uh, our uh, 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 Chris Cartwright and, and uh, uh, Dave Campbell, uh, who are part of the leadership of the Ealing Pentecostal Church, but also with Jared Cooper, who was a prophet and came in and spent some time with us. Now, what he shared really resonated within my heart in absolute agreement with what he was sharing um, because we've been trying to work this stuff out in practice in our own lifestyles for some time. And I'm going to share with you some of the, the key points because I think prophetically we need to be lined up with what the Holy Spirit is communicating to the body of Christ at this time. We don't want to be out of step with him. So here are some of the, the main points that are worth sharing, I think. First of all is that we are beginning to enter into a new era, but before we move into that new era, it's going to start with a sailor moment. Sailor, a moment of stopping and pausing. And now when I look at the COVID-19 attack on, so let's look at our nation, uh, it, it shut everything down. It shut everything down. Motorways, railway systems, business, everything just shut down for a season. It was like a forced sailor moment, a forced sabbatical. And I believe that God, in looking at the church, it's a season of reformation, reformation. It's a season of unveiling <laughs> or, or releasing off of us what looks like Saul's armour. Remember what David in facing Goliath says, I can't wear Saul's armour any longer. And I believe this moment of pause is causing us to recognise 
what is Saul's armour on us and get it off so that we can be like David and operate in genuine authenticity as to who we are and what he's created us to be. In this, I suggest to you that good ideas will just not do. It's not so much about a good idea that we want God to bless. It's more to do with the fulfillment of the divine agenda. So we need the prophetic directive here. And I believe that we are in the Isaiah 60 season. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You see, there is darkness over the nation and thick darkness over the people, but my glory rises upon you and people will come to the brightness of your dawn. I believe that whilst we are concerned of the darkness and God it will cause us as the army of the Lord to deal with that in turn, the moment for now, the season of now, is realise that we are to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is coming upon us. I believe as the glory of God comes upon us, we will experience a new wave of innovation. It's time to access the strategy rooms of heaven rather than just coming up with good old ideas or ideas or, or ways in which we can regurgitate the old or, or just a, a tweak it here and there to make it a bit more modern and trendy. I think modern and trendy is out the window. I think it's time to seek the face of the Lord and to come into the, the, the strategy rooms of heaven that we might hear the divine initiative and we might partner with heaven here on earth. Therefore, I think we are moving from the adaptive stage where we've had to adapt to cope with the COVID-19, how to do church online and stuff like that. And we're going to be moving into the innovation stage. And in this, we're going to have to evaluate to face the brutal truth of what works and what really doesn't work. And we're going to have to explore and evaluate. We need courage to let go and courage to pick up. Now, what Jared was sharing with us, I have to say with you, I'm totally on board with this because I know God's been speaking this into my heart, not just me, but many other people around the nation as well. So the problem has been, and this is good Lord, the, the Lord knows this. Since 2012, I know the Lord's been banging on to me about this. The problem has been that church is too busy, far too busy. And there's a deep fatigue in the church. There's a deep fatigue in leadership. There's a deep fatigue in the body of Christ itself because we've been upholding outmoded traditions. We've been living under the pressure of performance. We've been living under the pressure of success. We've been under the pressure of having to look good, etc. And too many leaders that I minister to are burned out, damaged, broken because they've just been on smashed on the anvil of life's experience in church world. And many good people in church feel much the same. But people are burned out, keeping the people happy, keeping the people entertained, having to spiritually feed all the people. There has to come a time where God's people learn how to feed themselves rather than being spoon-fed. Now, what I'm not saying is that we neglect the apostolic teaching because that's a foundational principle that the people devoted themselves to certain things. 
which included the apostles' teaching. But we need to feed ourselves and need to feed our families as well. So rather than us responding to the demands of the church, as it were, like a petulant child, we have to respond to our call. We have to devote ourselves to prayer. We have to devote ourselves to teaching. We have to devote ourselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And there's a tension here of doing what we intuitively know to be right and living out from under the pressure and the expectation of what we should and shouldn't do. And we get drawn into the quagmire of church politics and administration that binds us up rather than releases life. I believe, too, that people are tired. I believe God's people are disappointed. Where is the revival that we were told about in the 80s and the 90s and the noughties? Where is this great revival? Where is this fulfillment of prophecy that the prophet gave to me upon my life, that people have spoken words into me? Where's the realisation of that? For some, it's been a great blessing, but for others, it's been a massive, massive distraction and a disappointment. Many people are doing church because they're hanging on in there, out of habit, out of duty. Then they'll come occasionally. Then it'll be a bit hit and miss. And I think there's a whole generation that's just drifting away and we've got to call them back to the person Jesus, not to come back to our church because God's going to do a new thing. Some have even said to me, oh, this COVID thing has been such a blessing. I'm so delighted I don't have to attend church. Now, that in itself is a big statement and we need to understand who we are, what we're doing and why we're doing it because it's about building the kingdom of God. Others, I believe, are desperate to return to gathering together, desperate because we're missing the fellowship, the companionship, and having their unmet needs met. Much of what we've done in church recently, recent history, has been unfruitful, but we've all been so very, very busy. So I do believe that the answer is to stop. Consider church history for a moment and consider the desert fathers and the desert mothers who were just had enough of all the politics and the power and the struggle and the squabbles and they just went off into the desert to find solitude and silence to commune with God and to hear from God and respond out of what they heard and just do it in the simplest way possible. That would be fresh wouldn't it? And I believe God is wanting to change our identity into our true identity, which will be for us a new identity in Christ Jesus, to recover from a false identity. We, and I believe we've got to go from being Christians or Christianity into true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rather than church attenders or being part of a sect within the religious structure, I believe that God wants us to return to being true followers of the person, Jesus Christ. I wonder what it would look like if we just did what God asked of us. Perhaps it's time for us to recreate a rhythm for life and for fruitfulness. I believe that we're in this season where we're all trying to keep pace with the Holy Spirit. The landscape has changed and it continues to do so. Therefore, the foundations that I've mentioned here with you today need to be firmly established in our lives. We are doing what 
we believe God has revealed to us to do at this time uh, in, as an innovative way of doing things. But there's much to let go of and there's much new to embrace. But remember, in stepping into the future, in understanding how we prepare for the future, these foundations remain with us as we embrace the new as it comes. But we will stand firm on the rock of ages. Amen. God bless you.